You're listening to The RN Mentor, a podcast designed to document and bring you the work and experience of some of the most influential nurses in our profession. We will be sitting down and having a discussion with the leaders of today's nursing world as they share their work, how they navigate their nursing path, and their views on the future of the profession. My name is Ali Tayeb. I am a registered nurse, United States Navy veteran, a Jonas Veterans Healthcare Scholar, and your host for The RN Mentor. Welcome to a brand new season of the RN Mentor Podcast. I'm super excited to be joined today uh, by Dr. Sheldon Fields. Uh, I'm going to say Dr. Fields is a repeat offender from the fact that he's been on the show before, and I'm super excited because he's in another role that I'm excited to talk to him about specifically. Uh, Before we get into that, I'm going to share his bio with you. Uh, Dr. Fields is a research professor and inaugural associate dean for equity and inclusion in the Ross and Carol Neese College of Nursing at Penn State University. He is also the founder and CEO of the SDF Group LLC, a health innovation consulting company. He has over 30 years of experience in the healthcare sector as an educator, researcher, clinician, administrator, consultant, health policy specialist, and entrepreneur slash business owner. Dr. Fields is a well-known and respected HIV AIDS prevention research scientist with a significant focus on young men of color. He is an advanced AIDS certified registered nurse and a board certified family nurse practitioner. He worked for over a decade as a primary care provider in a federally qualified health center with historically underserved disenfranchised populations. He is a lifetime member of the National Black Nurses Association and is the organization's current and 14th national president. He was the first ever male registered nurse selected for the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Health Policy Fellowship Program, in which he served as a policy advisor to then-Senator Barbara Mikulski on the Senate Health Committee during the historic healthcare reform debates and passage of the Affordable Care Act. Dr. Fields is a fellow of the American Academy of Nursing, the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, and the National Academies of Practice. He is a former dean of the Mervyn M. Dimley School of Nursing at Charles Drew University of Medicine and Science, and is a former dean of the School of Health Professions at the New York Institute of Technology. He has other academic and administrative positions at uh, Binghamton University, University of Rochester, Florida International University, and Long Island University, Brooklyn. Dr. Fields received his PhD in nursing science from the University of Pennsylvania, uh, his MS in family nursing, and his BS in nursing from Binghamton University. He completed his postdoctoral work in the Center for AIDS Prevention Studies at the University of California, San Francisco. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Fields. Thank you, Ali. Thank you for having me back. Um, Every time I hear that bio, I kind of look around and I wonder who they're talking about. (laughs) Um, But I am a man of a certain age and I've been blessed to have uh, done a few things and I'm absolutely excited to be here with you again. 
Amazing, amazing. Now, uh, we, you and I, uh, uh, well, you, you go to a lot of conferences, and I've had the pleasure of meeting you in person multiple times, and we've had these great discussions. And when you became the president of the National Black Nurses Association, uh, and I believe you were the previous vice president, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. I was the first vice president. Uh, for two terms, yes. Excellent. Um, so uh, I know I know you were running for uh, for president, and I was so excited to see your name pop up as the new president for NBNA. And when we had talked, I I think I approached you say come back to the, on the show, and you had the same thought that you need to come on the show and really talk about the NBNA because we haven't uh, believe it or not, I have not had the opportunity uh, to have any previous. Uh, presidents of NBNA on the show. And I'm so excited that you are the first uh, to come and speak uh, uh, on the organization, which is so valuable. Uh, if any any of my listeners are, uh, are haven't, if you haven't heard, please go back and find Dr. Fields's uh, previous recording because he talks about his career and uh, his passion uh, with the work that he does with NBNA. But in his new role, I really want to dive in a little bit more into the NBNA uh, with that said, uh, Dr. Fields, uh, uh, again, welcome to the show, and let's talk about the National Black Nurses Association. And if you can start with a little bit of a history of the National Black Nurses Association, because I think its in, its inception is so much uh, like key to the conversation for the rest of the conversation we're going to have. Oh, I'm always delighted uh, to talk about uh, NBNA as we affectionately refer to it as. And I'll start by saying this, Ali, you know, I go a lot of places and I get, oftentimes I get this question that goes something like this, Dr. Fields, why does there need to be a National Black Nurses Association when we don't have a National White Nurses Association? Mm. And I tell you that I'm so well prepared for this question. I usually take a deep breath and I say <laughs> to, to, to the person who's asked me the question, I said, you know, let's talk about history, which you're you are not probably fully versed in. And let's talk about the history of the American Nursing Association that for decades excluded the membership of all nurses of color. So when you exclude nurses of color, the only people you have left in the association are white nurses. So whether the American Nursing Association called itself the White American Nursing Association, that's exactly what it was. Right. And the, um, the National Association of Colored Graduate Nurses, which was the forerunner uh, of for nurses to represent uh, uh, nurses of color, uh, they petitioned for years to be full members of ANA, and they kept being denied. So around the 1950s or so, there was a deal struck. The ANA finally said, okay, fine. We will let you all become full members of ANA with the agreement that you dissolve the National Association of Colored Graduate Nurses. So that was done. And would it surprise you that during that time that they, they took their dues, which I believe was two or $3 at the time, which, you know, that was a lot of money then. <laughs> um, um, but full membership never really came to being. They weren't. They were not allowed to uh, hold leadership positions. They weren't allowed to hold office. They weren't allowed to fully participate. So you take my dues money, but you don't let me participate. 
So we roll into, of course, the civil rights movement. Uh, we get into the late 60s, early 70s, and a brave and phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal group of Black uh, uh, women at the time, uh, uh, leaders, they were like, well, if you're not going to fully let us participate, then we need to form our own association to take care of our needs and the communities that we care about. That was part of the foundation and the founding uh, officially in 1971 of what became the National Black Nurses Association. We are now 53 years old. We have over 111 chapters in 34 states, including the District of Columbia. Uh, and we have thousands of members. And I am, and I have the honor and the absolute privilege of serving as the association's 14th national president. I am the second male to ever serve. Uh, the first male president was my fabulous mentor, uh, Dr. Eric Williams, uh, who actually, Ali, you might wanna have Dr. Williams on because he has a lot more of that history. Um, but I am super excited about where we are. I took over and started my presidency at the end of our annual conference this past August in the city of Atlanta. So I am, what is that? August, September, October, November, December, January. I'm six, seven months in. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, congratulations. Again, I was super excited to see your name uh, pop up as the uh, well, actually, I have to. I, I'm not. I wasn't surprised to see your name pop up as the as the new pre uh, president for for NBNA. So, but I was uh, still delighted to see that. Mm -hmm. um, can we talk about uh, how does, for example, your your presidency is? How is your president? How did your president presidency start? And uh, how, what is it going? How is it going to look different than the previous uh, presidents of NBNA? What are your goals? So I want to first say that NBNA, again, I'm the 14th president. NBNA has had 13 other phenomenal leaders, all of whom helped to advance the mission and vision of NBNA. I'm delighted that my colleagues have given me the privilege. I consider myself to be a servant leader. I think that's very important because it's not about me, Ali. It's, it's about the association, the members we serve, the communities and the programs that we uh, foster. So I mentioned that we're now 53 years old. So one of the things that we are doing with the advent of my new presidency is we are looking towards the future. Mm -hmm. And when I say the future, we are really looking to ensure that MBNA is around for the next 50 years and the next 50 after that. So we got to lay some foundational things. We have to uh, really focus on how do we get there? How in, in looking at uh, if we have the correct internal systems, what do we need to update? Um, how do we grow our membership? And how do we uh, leverage our partnerships? Uh, that's all really incredibly important. So there are five things in which uh, I'm going to focus on. Resources. We must have resources, human resources and financial resources. One of the main things that we've been able to do uh, within my first six months is we stood up an intense 
national search for a new executive director. Our previous executive director had served NBNA for well over 20 years. And we wow. took the time uh, to really find our new leader. And I am so excited that we've been able to hire. Uh, her name is Miss Tanya Jackson. And she is currently uh, uh, onboarding as our new executive director. And we are just so honored to have Miss Jackson join us. That was one of our main things that we really needed to put in place because we needed to have someone that was going to be there in our national office, which is right outside of DC in Silver Springs, Maryland, uh, to run our day-to-day -day operations and to direct our staff. And I, of course, will work uh, in conjunction with our new executive director. One of the other things is our continued advocacy and our policy work. Dr. C. Alicia Georges, who was a former president of NBNA, during her presidency, started our Black Nurses Day on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. And that day happens on the first February, uh, first Thursday in February every year. That's our day to coincide with the beginning of Black History Month. So this past uh, February 1, uh, we celebrated our 36th annual Black Nurses Day on Capitol Hill. Wow. If you go to mbna.org and you look at our policy tab, you will see the seven legislative agenda items that we advocated for, one of which is Black maternal health and infant uh, health, which is one of our major topics. Uh, and we also stood up uh, a brand new task force on Black uh, uh, maternal health, and we're going to have our first uh, Black maternal health uh, virtual conference, February the 23rd and the 24th, so it's coming up. But that advocacy work that we do is very important because we hold our elected officials accountable to the work that is important to us around healthcare disparities. So we will definitely strengthen and continue that work. Um, and we, we will be there for 37th, 38th, 39th, 40th. We will, we will keep going as long as there's a need for us to have advocacy and uh, foster political awareness. I mentioned our programs and uh, we have some signature programs that we stand up. We have a uh, program all dealing with women's health and of course the subcommittee on black maternal health. We have something called the Mini Nurse Academy that was the brainchild of the 13th president, Dr. Martha Dawson. And in that program, we take a learning program into elementary school and we teach the elementary children about nursing and we expose them to nursing. It's a brilliant way to educate people about what we do and really plant the seed for those children who might want to become nurses who just have never been exposed to nurses. So that program is going strong and we're going to expand that program. Uh, we want to get to more and more uh, uh, children a lot earlier to talk about what we do. And I already talked about Black maternal health. We, we have programs in psych mental health. We have a huge program dealing with substance use and abuse. We, we are our national partners with tobacco-free kids and we do all kinds of program around uh, smoking cessation and the harms of tobacco and how the tobacco industry unfairly and unduly targets communities of color. 
And we all know that cigarette smoking is so very detrimental uh, to your health. So those are just a few examples. And we are always looking to expand our programs and uh, effective programs. So we're always looking for more. We, we stood up a reimagined MBNA because coming soon, uh, MBNA is going to have a brand new national website. We are automating all of our processes and we are looking to uh, completely go paperless with the things that we do, become more eco-friendly, more uh, swift and, and, and uh, quick about the things that we're able to turn around. So we're looking to automation. You know, how does AI and, and, and how does our social media platforms uh, fit into what we do? Because, you know, one of the, the first things that people do when they go to look for organizations, they go online. So that online presence is really important. So we're enhancing all of our uh, social media. With our educational programs will also come the offering of continuing education hours so that nurses can get hours to, you know, uh, be able to recertify in all of the specialties that they are involved in. Uh, so all of those things are, are really important as we move forward. So that's a, a quick overview of where we're going. Um, really excited about MBNA's future. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, sounds like you have your hands full. Uh, now, you touched on something um, that triggered a thought in my brain. Um, uh, and, and I know I'm putting you a little bit on the spot, but do you know the percentage of Black nurses in the U.S.? And is there a strategy in your in the works to increase those numbers uh, so it's more representative of the population? So we know uh, that in the number, quite honestly, the percentage of, of nurses that uh, uh, are Black or African-American, um, Black being a larger term, right. um, is only about 12%. And that percentage has not changed in the last three decades. It really hasn't. Uh, so there's somewhere between, we, we gather uh, 300 uh, uh, to maybe maybe right below 500,000 when you add in the number of nurses uh, that are not only RNs, but also LPNs. Right. Because the National Black Nursing Association offers membership to nurses at all levels. Excellent. It doesn't matter. We have, we have membership for those who are RNs. LPNs are LVNs based on the state that you're in. And we have, uh, you can join NBNA as a student uh, because we also uh, uh, have uh, scholarships. And that, oh, that's that's the other um, uh, major platform is to uh, expand our corporate partnerships. Uh, we have several uh, corporate roundtable sponsors, uh, uh, corporations that really support the mission and vision. And we uh, have a very robust scholarship program. Uh, at our last conference, uh, we gave out well over $300,000 in scholarships. Wow. And we will do the same this coming uh, year. Actually, if you go to mbna.org and you're a student who's a member, uh, the uh, scholarship application is open. Excellent. Fantastic. So, but but that percentage, though, back to your, the original question, Ali, that percentage of nurses have, has not grown. 
And the number of black nurses do not mirror the number of blacks in the population of the United States. Um, uh, and it doesn't for most uh, minoritized populations with the exception of uh, Asian populations, but even that's a misnomer because when you look at and you break down into the various uh, subcategories, you know they 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 lump Asians into this one large category, and that's just not right. right. <laughs> uh, but but once you break them out into the various you know intra-ethnic uh, groupings, even they do not mirror their their size in the population. Uh, and the number of Hispanic nurses is quite low as well. And, and mind you, we work in with all of those other groups because uh, Dr. Betty Smith Williams, who was one of the founders of MBNA and MBNA's seventh national president, um, she helped to found an organization called the National Coalition of Ethnic Minority Nursing Associations. And that includes NBNA. It includes NON, the National Association of Hispanic Nurses, uh, Nina Aina, which is the Native American, Native Alaskan uh, uh, group. It includes APINA, the Asian Pacific Islander uh, Nursing Association, and it includes PNAA, the Philippine Nursing Association of America. Those are the five main groups. Um, uh, and we work together in coalition because historically, all five of those ethnic minority and racial groups have, have one thing in common, Ali. We've all have historically had issues with the United States federal government. Wow. Yeah. Very true. And that, that's what binds us together. Yeah. That was the original idea behind the founding of Insemna. And we have a national uh, policy conference coming up uh, in Los Angeles uh, yes. March 15th. Yes, so if you yes. look at you look at myinsemna.org uh, 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 online, you can find that information for our upcoming policy conference that we're doing with Insemna. Yeah, and that's uh, that's going to be at the Endowment Center in downtown LA. Yep, yep, uh, California the, Endowment. Yep. Uh, so uh, if you're going to be there, Dr. Fields is going to be there, and I'll be there. So you get to meet both of us. So. <laughs> yes. yes. So excellent. Uh, thank you. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna plug that piece in, uh, but you brought it up, so thank you uh, for taking that off my plate. Um, now, um, uh, question uh, for you, um, uh, as as we're looking to, like I said, uh, increase representation um, uh, within within a lot of different communities uh, within nursing because we have been historically uh, white and female. Uh, um, but from your uh, perspective, how, what is your strategy in strengthening uh, the your association uh, with membership? Because nursing has historically uh, not had a good turnout when it comes to these uh, nursing organizations. For example, the American Nurses Association has like, I think it's something like 400,000 members or so. Uh, but it's a it's a, it's a small fraction of the larger nursing population. What is your strategy in bringing in uh, nurses uh, into your organization so you have a larger membership and yeah. larger influence? Yeah. So again, um, 
remember, we have membership at all levels. Right. And one of the ways in which uh, we definitely are looking to increase our membership is through that scholarship program that we talked about. Right. You know, I don't care where you go to nursing school at, and I don't care what color you are. Nursing school is expensive. Right. Um, I know here at Penn State, uh, our nursing undergraduate students graduate with the highest debt. You know, um, and it, and again, it doesn't. It, that's irregardless of race, but. We do know for uh, minoritized or historically underrepresented students who don't necessarily have the resources that their white wealthier counterparts have, they take on even more debt. Right. So we are really trying to alleviate some of that debt with, with through our scholarship program. And and uh, like I say, if you join MBNA as a student, uh, we're able to provide some resources. Then you continue to grow with us and you stay with our association throughout your career. We have a very robust mentoring program yeah. and we mentor at all levels uh, and it's growing. And that's another way to attract people because people need mentorship at all points of your career. It doesn't matter at what point in your career. You know, uh, people are really, uh, I think people are surprised when, when they find that even myself, I have mentors. And, and, and I'm like, absolutely, I have mentors. I will always have mentors. Um, um, you know, we all continue to grow. We are uh, standing up a uh, membership drive. We have a really great membership committee. Uh, it's, it's really spearheaded by uh, our second uh, vice president, national vice president, Dr. Marsha Lowe. Uh, uh, currently is doing a phenomenal job with our membership committee. So we have uh, things like uh, uh, internal competitions amongst the chapters to get their members to renew. And we give awards for that and recognition. Uh, we have a membership drive. You know, I my moniker is that every nurse is an MBNA nurse. Uh, 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 each one, uh, uh, bring one, each, each one, touch one, bring one. Yeah. Uh, and I tell people all the time, if all of the current members just committed to bringing one person to membership, right? We double, we double our size. Exactly. Then if we do it again the next year, we double our size. So it, it really doesn't seem that hard, but I will tell you that I, I still go places and people say, well, I've never heard of the National Black Nurses Association. <laughs> and I always cringe. I'm like, how is that possible? And what are we still not doing? Why you, Why do you not know we exist? We've been here for 53 years. Right. Uh, uh, but it is the case. Um, and it doesn't surprise me, quite honestly, you know, in, in a country where they're, they're banning teaching Black history, uh, mm. the founding of MBNA is Black history. So of course they don't know we exist. And and um in some of those places and spaces where they don't see us. So again, through that mini nurse academy, getting people to know about the fact that black nurses exist and that we're here to support them at all points of their career, giving them scholarships, mentoring them through and doing an active outreach. That's why we really are gonna stand up a, a, a new robust website 
Uh, we're going to uh, increase our social media outreach. Mm. You know, we, we have some phenomenal younger members that are out there uh, doing some things on social media, you know, uh, Instagram lives and Facebook lives and, you know, uh, putting stuff up on TikTok. Dr. Fields isn't doing any of that without some, you know, you know, uh, uh, guidance from, from those young <laughs> members. But they, they are reaching that next, they're helping us to reach that next generation uh, that quite frankly is living their lives, you know, via social media. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing all of that. And, you know, sometimes the best recruitment, Ali, is word of mouth person to person. You know, I talk about every, I talk about MBNA wherever I go. I'm a walking billboard for MBNA. And as the national president, that's part of my job. Um, and you'd be surprised when you start talking to people in a restaurant, a coffee shop, just about their health. And they, you let them know you're a nurse. And inevitably, they're going to say something like, oh, my, my sister's a nurse. My aunt's a nurse. My mom's a nurse. And my next question is, uh, particularly if they're Black people or people of color, I'm like, are they members of NBNA? <laughs> and, and when they tell me no, I'm like, well, you know what? Tell your, tell your mother, your cousin, whoever it is. And I give them my business card that you met the current president and that you, that he wants them to email him or call him. And we're going to talk about membership in NDNA. And you'd be surprised how many people take me up on that. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, now, you bring up a couple of points, and I want to touch on both of those. Um, how do you keep uh, a, an organization that was founded on the on the fact that you were excluded from the American Nurses Association. How do you keep that space safe for your members mm -hmm. in order, as we look at some individuals like myself who consider myself an ally, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm not, if you look at me, I am not black. Uh, so how do you keep this safe, those spaces safe for your members when individuals like myself try to become allies or support organizations like the NBNA and National Association of Hispanic Nurses and so on and so forth. Because yeah. we're uh, at some point, somebody's about to, you know, going to put their foot in their mouth and make that <laughs> space no longer safe. So how, what do you do? What do you do to keep those spaces safe and educate sure. people like myself in order to make sure we're not, uh, we, we have an awareness, right? So I'll say this, I'll say this, um, and I'll answer it two different ways. There is a difference between someone being an ally, because quite frankly, uh, Ali, we need allies. Right. You know, we don't we don't need to be doing this work by ourselves because the, the, the work of diversifying the profession, the work of getting to health equity is not just the work of black nurses. It is the work of all nurses. So we absolutely need allies. We want allies. We welcome allies. So I will tell you what I said to a member of MBNA when I was talking about um, uh, when I was running uh, to become MBNA president and, and talking to directly to the membership. And this is a member who happens to be white, uh, who is a member of one of our chapters. And, you know, the question from the member was, you know, Dr. Fields, you know, um, uh, I, I am white and I'm a member. How do I get 
uh, and talked to my other colleagues about becoming members. One, I said, you know, I'm glad you're a member and I wanna be clear about something and I'll be clear here. If you believe and you can support the mission and vision of the National Black Nurses Association, you are most welcome to join us. While we are an association that is focused on the upliftment of communities, such as Black communities and other communities of color that have been historically underrepresented and disenfranchised, our membership is open to everyone. The only thing is, if, you, if you're gonna become a member, then, you, then you're saying to me that you believe and you will support our mission, vision, our values, and our focus. And I think you need to have a healthy respect for Black history. Mm. If you can do all of that and you pay your dues, <laughs> most, and you and that's important. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues. You are yeah. most welcome. Yeah. But we also have uh, uh, members uh, that belong to all of the ethnic and racial groups that are our allies. Um, and we need them. Like I said, we, we work with NSEMNA, we work in that that coalition. We're allies. We support each other. Right. Uh, and we will always do that. We will always do that because that's also very important. You know, our struggle in the United States for equality and uh, is very similar uh, to other groups. So there is some overlap. Uh, and just recently, you know, uh, I mentioned the uh, Black Nurses Day on Capitol Hill our political advocacy day. You know, the National Association of Hispanic Nurses has also now adapted an advocacy day and they have overlapping days with us. We welcome that. Um, uh, the um, uh, Haitian uh, uh, American Alliance in International, they, they just held their first advocacy day one day before ours. We welcome that. You know, we work in coalition, you know, there are some very specific issues that people want to advocate for, as as do we. And there are also those things where we have overlap, we will absolutely partner. But my white colleagues out there, hear me well. You are welcome in the National Black Nurses Association. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, now, um, you mentioned another thing around Black history uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and. Uh, I know you and I have talked about uh, certain states that have that are trying to er erase uh, Black history, sort of say. And yeah. I want to, I, I was, I want to feel like I was one of the first ones to commend you on the not you but the organization NBNA for choosing to move uh, venues for their upcoming uh, conference. Uh, why don't you uh, share uh, uh, what NBNA did and the decision behind it? Well, th thank you for this question, Ali, because I think it's really important because it was one of the, the first things that as the new president, I had to guide the board through. And I'll give you a little background. Um, and this is also on our website uh, through our YouTube channel. I did a whole national uh, uh, conversation directly to the membership because I'm also very clear. We are a member-driven association. I am a representative and a, again, a servant leader. So here's what happened. 
our uh, conference in Hollywood, Florida, was originally scheduled for, I believe it was either 20 or 21, during one of the COVID years. We had to, of course, like everyone did at that time, move our conference because you couldn't have a conference in the middle of COVID. So the conference was rescheduled and it was rescheduled to be held in 2024. Now, we could not have imagined back in you know, 2020, 21, when, when these decisions were being made that the political environment in the state of Florida would be so contentious and quite honestly, downright hostile to black people. Uh, the governor of Florida has issued a lot of anti-DEI, uh, anti-black uh, legislation. They are banning the teaching of black history in schools. They, they ban DEI officers and DEI uh, programs in all of their publicly funded universities. Um, there was a, a racialized uh, killing at a Dollar General um, in, in one of the locals in Jacksonville. Um, and it was, it was hate motivated. So given all of that, uh, I'm, I am first and foremost also a classically trained researcher, and I don't do anything without data. Thank you to the University of Pennsylvania for the <laughs> wonderful PhD education that I did receive. So I went to the board and I said, I'm going to put a survey out to the membership, and we're going we're gonna to poll them about their feelings and what they would hope that we do with uh, regard to holding the conference in Hollywood, Florida in 2024. We got the survey results back and to the question, should we move the conference? It was something like 84% of the membership said move the conference. Wow. We will not come. We will not support it. We have concerns for our safety. Mm. Given that very clear directive from our membership, the MBNA board of directors, let me be very clear, not Dr. Fields, the NBNA Board of Directors chose to vote to move the conference out of Hollywood, Florida. And we, we were very fortunate to find uh, that uh, the city of San Francisco was able to uh, uh, take up our conference. So we will be at the Marriott Marquis in San Francisco, California, July the 23rd through the 28th for our 52nd annual Institute and Conference. Again, go to mbna.org. Registration is open. The exhibitor booths are open. Um, abstracts closed today. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, think, I think we might be persuaded to extend it by the time this airs. But um, we are so super excited about moving the conference. We have not held a conference in San Francisco in two decades. It really wow. has been 20 years. And we have three uh, major chapters that are supporting the conference in the San Francisco area. We have our Capital Cities Black Nursing Association, which is uh, out of Sacramento. We have the Bay Area Black Nurses Association, which, which is out of Oakland, right across the Bay. 
And we have our Stanford Health uh, uh, Black Nursing Association, which is based out of Stanford uh, uh, Medicine, which uh, one of the other uh, phenomenal things that happened shortly after we decided to move the conference, Stanford Health, uh, Stanford Medicine became our first Diamond Plus sponsor wow. to the tune of $100,000 plus. And wow. we are so thankful to Stanford for that type of uh, initial uh, support. Um, and again, we are looking forward to the conference. It's going to be one of our largest. I just know it. And again, uh, registration is open. And everyone and anyone is welcome to attend an NBNA conference. Again, as long as you can can understand that that our focus is is on those health uh, disparities issues, and you can get with the theme of our conference, um, which is surrounding issues of health equity, you are most welcome to join us. We have a really we have a really good time at our conference. Uh, we 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 really do know how to mix. Uh, our learning activities, with our programming activities, with those activities that honor our members. And again, we're going to give out hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships. That's excellent. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and again, I was uh, very pleased to see that. And I'm, and I want to say I continue to be disappointed by some other organizations that are still going back to states that have uh, continued to show themselves through their policy and laws uh, that they are discriminating against very specific population, minority so, populations. Yeah, but one of the other things, and if you look at the, uh, uh, the national webinar that we did, and we polled our members, we said, you know, would you still want us to move the conference understanding that NBNA is going to take a financial hit? Yep. And I was very clear with the membership. We are looking at a $500,000 financial hit. Wow. So um, one of the other things that that we were talking about is how do we partner with uh, uh, corporations and other entities that want to support us to pay uh, that cancellation fee for that facility in Florida? And we're still looking for help to do that. Uh, if anybody wants to help to do that, simply, you know, go to mbna.org. You can make a donation right online. You can contact me and we can talk about you know, uh, other ways for you to to uh, help us to mitigate those costs. But this could not have been about money, Ali. Um, uh, this was about member safety. Right. And God forbid we held our conference in a city, in a, in a place that we knew was hostile to Black people and something happened. Yep. Um, and there is no value. There is no monetary value that you can put on a uh, member of MBNA. There just isn't. So we we will deal with this. And um, one of the other things that 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 people should know about NDNA and about black people in general, uh, we are deeply spiritual. And um, people have heard me say this before. Uh, God has brought this association through 53 years. He did not bring us this far to leave us. And I do not believe uh, that we will have any issues mitigating whatever those costs are in Florida. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, it it was done for for the for the exact very good reasons that you mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. So I appreciate you uh, sharing that and actually uh, leading uh, NBNA uh, through this process. So thank you. 
Uh, and if anybody is interested, uh, as uh, Dr. Fields mentioned, if you're going to donate, I'll put links on my website uh, to the NBNA. So you can just, if you go to uh, the Iron Mentor podcast website, I'm more than happy to uh, share those links with you uh, with along with this podcast. Um, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, uh, we're almost out of time. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, I, we leave with any last words from you that you'd like to share uh, with the audience uh, at this time. So I'll, I'll say this, you know, as we imagine and reimagine what MBNA will look like for the future, we really are sincere in our hope that people will see us not only for the things that we do, because we organize nationally, we act at the local level through those 100 plus chapters. And we look a little different in every city where we're at because we really do empower those local members to take our national programming, give it their own uh, uh, flair, if you will, uh, their own personal touch to make it work effectively for the communities in which they are actually immersed in. And we do uh, welcome uh, partners. Like I say, we're looking to grow our corporate sponsorships. If you look at our corporate roundtable list that's currently on our website, you know we, we, we've had phenomenal relationships with some very well-known companies, you know, uh, uh, CVS and J&J, uh, 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 Pfizer has been a long-term uh, uh, corporate partner. Vitas Healthcare has been a really great partner to us for over 20 years. And we continue to work with our partners to grow, but we always are looking uh, to expand. So if there are other uh, corporations out there, other people who really want to partner with us, we are open to those conversations and discussions. The last thing I will say is this. The work that MBNA helped to do with the, um, uh, the movement for uh, racial reckoning that uh, Dr. Ernest Grant uh, stood up when he was the president of the American Nursing Association. And um, I have such respect for Dr. Grant, who most people should know was the first male president of ANA in its entire 100 plus year history. He just sure. so happened to also be a six, six foot six, six foot seven <laughs> black man. Uh, and he was the third black president of ANA following, of course, the great Barbara Nichols, um, uh, who, who was the uh, first uh, 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 black president of, of ANA. Um, and um, Ernest, Dr. Grant, really did some phenomenal work, and he's continuing to do that work. And uh, MBNA was a founding uh, uh, participant in that, co that commission's report. And we're still at the table trying to work this out because as the largest healthcare uh, members of the healthcare profession, if we can't get it right as nursing and we can't figure out how to work together across the racial lines, then we are going to continue to disserve all of American society. So we are committed to that work. I, I just want to make sure people understand that. But it's tough work. And it's sure. work that, um, you know, a lot of people are vested in 
but we still have to, to, to get it right. Uh, so again, join us, help us in all that we do, because again, the 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 membership of MBNA is open, uh, and I really do hope to see you all at our national conference. Once you come to our conference, um, uh, you will you will you will you will understand why uh, people continue to come back to NBNA. Um, uh, and oh, I know what I meant to say, uh, Dr. Grant being the third Black president, followed both Barbara Nichols and the phenomenal Beverly Malone, uh, who was the second Black president of ANA. And she's now associated with the NLN. Oh, she's the president of NLN. She's been there for years. Yes, and both uh, for our our listeners, uh, both uh, Dr. Malone and Dr. Grant have been in previous podcasts. So if you want to hear their stories, uh, they are both amazing individuals. Uh, So uh, I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Fields. I look forward to seeing you in March. Uh, I have a. I just have to drive downtown. You have a flight to catch for that <laughs> for for that one. Um, I, I look forward to seeing you, Ali. I do. I do. We'll we'll, we'll hang out in L.A. Yes, definitely, hundred percent. All right. Well, appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, our audience for coming back for season nine. Uh, And I look forward to bringing you more incredible guests uh, this season as we continue to uh, look at our profession through the eyes of some incredible individuals like our own uh, Dr. Sheldon Fields. Thanks. You've been listening to The RN Mentor with your host, Ali Tayyip. Please don't forget to visit www.aliartayeb.com. That's www.aliartayeb.com for podcast notes and resources. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I wish you fair winds and following seas.